G'day and welcome to Season 2 of the Far North Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeff, and in each episode of the podcast, I interview a leader from the beautiful city of Cairns in Far North Queensland. It's called the Far North Leadership Podcast for that simple reason, because it features leaders from a variety of sectors across the Far North. I believe that we can grow as leaders simply by listening to and learning from each other. I don't know about you, but every time I meet a leader or I overhear a leadership conversation, it helps me grow. So enjoy the conversations and I hope you find something that applies to your life and leadership in every single episode. In this episode, I interview David Collins. David is a general manager with Uniting Care for North and Far North Queensland Child and Family Services. David has held a number of roles in business and community organisations and has been in his current role with Uniting Care for the past six years. We had a conversation in his office here in Cairns. David, thanks so much for joining me today. You are a new grandparent in the last year. How have you found that? And do you have a preferred title, a preferred grandparent title that you're aiming for? It's great. Um, Really, really excellent. And and to see the level of change in a little girl every time you see her, you know, more active head movement, eye movement, it's fantastic. We're going for Nana and Pop, but, you know, We'll, we'll wait and see. I guess it really will come down to what she decides. <laughs> Nana and Pop are fairly easy to say, so uh, you, yeah. you're, uh, you should be pretty confident of that. So, so. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in Cairns? Yeah, we've been here for 13 years. Um, we, we came from Brisbane, um, but we're um, uh, actually from North Queensland originally, so it was uh, a decision predominantly me to come back um, to regional Queensland which I thoroughly enjoy so and and we decided well if we're going to go somewhere let's go somewhere that's beautiful and and green (laughs) especially as it is now very green (laughs) Uh, and how long have you been in your current role with Uniting Care? Uh, I've been here for six years so um, uh, I think literally this month or something like that so yeah it's been um, a very interesting time um, in the period of change and all sorts of new things happening, so pretty exciting. Yeah. What does leadership mean to you as a concept? The, the leading word is, is around influence, uh, and i found that that's been a really important um, definition to work out because it's, it's a very overused word, and I think there are a lot of people who really don't understand what it does mean. But, but close behind that for me are things like consistency, and trustworthiness. So the, there are a lot of values that impact leadership and uh, um, United Care, for example, has you know working together and leading through learning and all those things, and they're all important. But, but I think you have to be consistent and people have to know that they can trust you. Without that, literally, uh, albeit a, a, a business relationship, but that, that kind of intimate understanding from a business perspective, um, it just doesn't work. Are you talking about um, the kinds of leaders who uh, fluctuate uh, in their decision-making or their mood and, and that kind of consistency or the other aspects? Of- yeah, there are things that erode um, um, leadership and they relate to the boundaries around leadership, you know, whether they're values or whether they're um, your vision or, um, you know, the earliest new leaders often tumble across things like friendship with other workers um, which you can't have you can have great relationship and have a laugh and so on but but the notion of having both friendship and uh, otherwise is, and work is, is a challenge because sometimes things don't go so well 
And I think the other thing is you have to build a relationship that allows for that flexibility because inevitably something won't go well at some point and it might mean some um, deep reflection or it might mean some action and if people know where you're coming from then you can actually undertake that process. If, if somebody's working from a kind of shallow base, um, it, it soon erodes. Yeah. And, and trust in leadership is very important. Yeah, That's right, because there are hard decisions to make. Um, when I first came along, um, a contract had changed. The um, kind of the, the two things were, well, we're going to have to save money and you're going to need to review positions that will ultimately have to, you know, be lost. And so the perception then was that I came in with that uh, kind of mantra, and um, but that wasn't necessarily me. But I still still needed to be done. Yeah. Uh, so people had to then. I then had to help people to understand who I was, yeah. <laughs> not just what I had to do. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, especially when you come in. Yeah, with that mandate, I guess from above to do a carry out a particular task. Mm. Yeah, to help people see the real you apart from that that season and that task. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is very much a season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess hanging around for six years really helps that. If you're only around for a little while, there's less opportunity for that to happen. That's that's true because partly it's partly the organisation, but but your leadership cannot, I believe, can't be. Um, um, controlled by solely by the organisation because the leadership is the mantle is on us mm. as individuals. So um, it should there should be some consistency about where you've been and where you're going, not just where you currently are. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so you are the general manager for North and Far North Queensland, um, especially child and family services for Uniting Care. And tell us, you know, what that role means and what the leadership looks like on the ground for you. Mm. Uh, well, it's it's exciting because there's a massive variety and the um, you know numerous sites um, I, ha I have a team of um, uh, four regional managers who report to me um, so they're they're the important people for me um, because the more I can influence and support them then the, the flow and effect to all of our other staff there's several hundred staff across the state so it's geographically um, focused in terms of north and far north but then um, the portfolios of financial well-being and um, our outback services are across all of the state including remote parts and into the northern territory so it means that we do things virtually some of our teams may only get together once a year they might not see each other in between um, and uh, and from a manager point of view we, we would probably only see that uh, our regional managers maybe uh, four times a year at best so uh, because they're, they're everywhere yeah. <laughs> all of the time but that 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 means that we're not stuck about um, or, or we're not stuck about how we do our business and and place Place is all important because we can talk about place being cans, but place also means virtual. So if, if place to someone means that they're you know, connecting for a meeting from their car, meeting represents the place and, and, and it's how we uh, understand their needs and, and support them. That's an important thing. I wonder if there's a lot of people that, that um, take some time to catch up with that, that idea of, uh, you know, virtual meetings, whether they be online by video or, or by phone, but to catch up with that being as real and as valid as face-to-face. -face. It's, a, it's a major challenge. And I think, it's, I think it historically it has been a challenge in every part of this country because if, if you live in a metropolitan area then, or in a, a large base where there are lots of people who 
have sit-down desks and that's where they spend their whole time, then they tend to forget. Yeah. So it's, it is an ongoing issue around reminding people about you know, how to manage a teleconference and there are people on the end of the line and maybe every second word is dropping out. Just check, are they hearing you, you know? <laughs> yes, very practical thing. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Now, would you, would you consider that in your region um, there is a, a headquarters or statewide there's a headquarters or is it really oh. decentralised? No, uh, well, statewide we have, uh, you know, head offices such in, in uh, Brisbane, in the city, um, but... The, um, thereafter, the major regional centres would, would have would host a variety of United Care services, yeah. And, and some of our, we, in the last 12 months, um, visited Longreach and did a little bit of a roadshow to, to uh, meet with locals and so on and, and talk about our services. And I think there was something, I'm just guessing now, but there was something like six services literally touching Longreach, but there are another 15 that uh, were virtual. Right. So it could have been a you know a helpline of one sort or another, and, and, and or um, some other type of service across United Care that related to age or disability or yeah. Mm. Are there any particular um, stories or statistics or, or things that really um, motivate you and keep you going in this role in terms of um, lives being impacted? Yes, the uh, I think the. One of the most common issues that threads its way through just about every part of our business as usual is the coming to terms with the changes that are occurring in, in people. So there's a question about are people's needs becoming more complex or, or are they uh, or, or are they just changing? And I think it's I think there's a mix of both. But um, then how do we how do we make sure we connect with those um, people? And then the other part is um, it's always easy to talk about the people we know or, or the cohort of people that might have a need, but what about the ones we don't know? How do we, how do we link um, services to those people? And in a lot of our services, we'd really love to be working with people who um, didn't face adversity. So if that meant working with young people at an early enough age to, say, prevent... Um, 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 issues of financial uh, concern or young people uh, before they were thinking about having a child um, and, and having that opportunity, then how, how might we do that? How can we make that connection? So a lot of our services are probably regarded to be more around working with people in adversity. Mm. So there's a whole bunch of things there around um, and really further supported by the fact that if, if I said to you, do you know your community? And most people would say, yeah, I've got a pretty good understanding. But uh, my, um, my well-used um, example was about 18 months, two years ago, uh, working on the Fraser Coast area around Bundaberg and Harvey Bay. And they're experiencing 50% turnover every year of those communities. So the question is, did, if someone had lived there for 30 years, did they really understand the community? And the answer is, no, probably not. And so how well as a group of services do we understand where our communities are going and that's a really tough question for everyone yeah as a general manager then with regional managers and, and staff all over the place how how do you um lead to bring that about is that mainly through asking empowering questions yeah there's several ways we uh, we have a um team of people across the state who are practice focused um and uh, and they literally consult into our services so in terms of 
are the services meeting the standards that we require? Uh, and then the other part is, well, um, as a, the various communities of practice meet, then they are regularly looking at, well, what are the needs, what are the changes, what's this service doing in southeastern Queensland versus this one in northwestern Queensland or wherever. So, so there are those things, but then it comes down to um, how well connected um, our managers are to understand. So uh, in terms of um, our staff, uh, as with most organisations, there are some amazing connections between organisations, but they're not known. Hmm. So it's between an individual and another individual. So we, we consistently look to those to say, how do we harvest that information and do some more with it? Because otherwise it's it's lost. So th there's multiple ways of doing it. And how well we do it, I'm not sure, but you know, at least it's, it's a for forefront of our planning. Yeah. Can you tell us about one of the best leaders that you've ever known? Um, well, yes, uh, there's, there's really only the one at the top and that would be Jesus in terms of his consistency and um, his um, focus and his dependence on the Father and not himself, you know, lots of, lots of great things there. But I thought after that, well, is there anyone that really stands out? And I thought, uh, I, I probably can't pick someone that, that jumps out at me, but there are some amazing there have been and still are amazing leaders and some of them actually say some wonderful things and I was um, I'm often reminded of Napoleon and uh, you know probably could have a long conversation about whether it was a good leader or not but depends which side you're on but but there you know were some wonderful comments um, that he made in statements and one I often think about is the fact that he made it he made a statement about saying something like you know men will look outwards for further resources before they look inwards and and the first thing we do uh, is we go oh we haven't enough money or we haven't you know there's a negative um, around a potential issue and when in fact sometimes if you look back in on our our own personal reserves or our um, our organizations there are already opportunities that exist that we could just rearrange so you know yeah interesting interesting um, statements from interesting people yeah <laughs> yeah that's fascinating he, he said that men often look outwards before looking inwards mm. yeah and so the challenge is to to not jump straight to what we don't have and looking outside to get it, but what do we have and what mm. can we do with it? Yeah, mm. and that, and that I mean, that always applies to money. You know, the first thing we do is if only we had more money, we could do this. Mm. You know, well, okay, what other ways are there of doing it? And sometimes that's true. You've got to have something, but on the other hand, there are components of bigger ideas that you might be able to put in place a lot sooner. Yeah. Sometimes we don't, we can't see it. <laughs> yeah. We need help. Yes. <laughs> By just stopping to think and ask the question, asking it of yourself and of your team, yeah, it can make all the difference. Absolutely. Mm, I think most leaders and most organisations feel that lack all the time, whether it's uh, money or time or people or other resources, yeah. Mm. So to rather than just staying in that place of lack but looking at what you've got, yeah, mm. really helpful. And it's also about how well we communicate that because the, uh, the notion of just saying we need more you know, it's a bit of an Oliver problem. It does get a bit tiresome, but uh, but there are um, there have to be ways that we communicate what what is changing and what the need is, particularly in the, in the area of services to people, because there will always be more needed. Um, you know, if you if you look at say even uh, the the issue around gambling and um, um, how much money is invested into that, never going to compete with the amount of money that 
rushes into that in terms of whether it's on the phone or on um, you know, the track or wherever. But there have to be very smart and carefully thought through uh, mechanisms for actually responding to some of that and targeting issues for people. What do you find is the hardest thing about leadership for you personally? Uh, trust, um, because one of my weaknesses would be that I want to trust people. Okay. Uh, and and that can uh, that can lead you into places that you know are quite challenging at times. Um, and and then the other one to a much lesser degree, but it's actually standing back because you can see something happening, and um, it's a bit like being a parent, isn't it? You know, you don't want your child to fall over and skin their knee, but sometimes you know that that's part of life, so it has to happen. Um, and in those cases, it, it is because you might be, there might, the issue might be three managers away and you can go, right, I'll go in there and I'll deal with this because you know, you've been there and had that experience, but that's not the point. <laughs> and there's always that uh, wonderful little analogy of, you know, you can't help the, the butterfly out of the cocoon because it's that process of forcing its way out that form its wings. Yeah. Bummer. How, how do you decide uh, what to let happen and what to step in with? And let's say it's not three managers away, but it's mm. close enough that you could reasonably step in. How do you make that decision of whether it's right to wait or right to step in? Uh, it's about time. Um, it's really about timing and watching. And, uh, and it's, it's often both... Um, it's, it's wonderful to, to actually um, step into something and resolve it um, because frequently it's about communication or the lack of. But it's also but the disturbing part is about the number of people who said, oh, yes, I, I, I didn't mention that. And you, oh, it would have been nice if you had. <laughs> so it, it's about um, things erode and, and people lose trust. And so you, you really have to keep a pulse check on those very covert type issues within people. And that's not something I have <laughs> mastered, I'm afraid, but because but, uh, sometimes I think, well, I should have really acted a lot sooner. Uh, alternatively, sometimes you've got to wait for the, that moment. So. Yeah. Are there any things that you found helpful for you uh, to grow in that area of uh, wanting to trust people you know, too soon or, or too early, things that have helped you? I don't know, I don't know what the, the mm. opposite is, to be more discerning, perhaps? Mm. Um, the... Experience helps, but it it's, can be a haphazard teacher. <laughs> so you learn the wrong thing. So it's it's it, it is actually watching other other people and how they manage um, situations and respond to them. Uh, it's about also uh, taking a moment sometimes and certainly not jumping too quickly, uh, and having the opportunity to. Um, connect with other people in other environments and, and sometimes it's not specifically a conversation about a particular issue but, but you begin to understand it or you gain a framework to understand how they tackle those issues and I think that's really, really useful. Mm. There's a bit of a, a common thing there in just kind of being patient and standing back a little bit, whether the temptation is to rush in and resolve something mm. or the temptation is to rush in and trust mm. but to give things a little bit more time and more observation and interaction. Yes. Um, in terms of people, though, and, and in terms of uh, whether it's voluntary or employed, it's about um, providing those people with the very best and correct support right at the beginning. Because 
if, if you don't lay the foundation at the beginning, good support, helpful information available, um, well communicated, followed through, followed up, um, then that's where things start to fall off the rails. That's Because they don't know. Mm. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know, so. Yeah, that's true. How have you changed as a leader compared to who you were 10 years ago? Apart from the grey hair, oh, <laughs> um, the, uh, well, I think, I think it does come down to some of those things around taking a bit more time in some instances. Sometimes that urgent uh, piece of information or email isn't urgent. It's important, but not urgent. And sometimes um, in 24 hours, you'll see it, it will miraculously resolve itself and you haven't had to do anything. Uh, on other occasions, there, there are times to, to make the call. So, same as you know, our last part of the conversation. But I, I think the uh, um, the engaging people to actually um, work with you at a level where there is a, a, a bond through trust and and good communication uh, that that's critical because if you're not in the same place or you're otherwise occupied, you know that that person feels empowered to do something. So that's, that, that's just become more and more important to me over time that, you know, the people who work with me need to understand, they need to have everything available to them to possibly make the decision because I'm asking them to make a decision. I grew up with the notion that it's better to make a decision, even if it isn't the best one, than not make one. And I, I think that's really true. People need to feel the strength to be able to do that, whether we need to review it later and reflect and review and maybe not do that again or do it a bit differently, that's fine. We've all learned something then. Mm. When you're going to sleep at night and reflecting on your day, what constitutes a good day for you as a leader? Uh, really, it's, it's very simple. It's Sometimes we all do things and we go, oh, I've been busy all day, but what have I achieved? And sometimes that that achievement is the completion of a task because so many things we do these days never finish. It just keeps on going. Or we've barely finished something and it's, oh, that's good, but now we've got this deadline. So I think sometimes it's it's the opportunity to actually connect with um, the frontline, our frontline people just and even pro- pro- provide some support. It's the simple stuff, you know, the, the grassroots stuff that puts a smile on your dial and you feel like, yeah, this is, this is good. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Mm. Absolutely. If someone wants to find out more about you or Uniting Care, how could they do that? Well, Uniting Care has a, a website for all of its services um, and uh, it's a very large organisation, so that's probably the best place where they could simply you know, drop me an email or, or call me. So. Great. Thank you so much for your time, David. Thank you. I really enjoyed that interview with David. I found uh, his insights really interesting uh, to to wrestle with and think about and discuss, especially that quote from Napoleon, that idea that often we look outside and I think by extension blame outside rather than looking to within and and being creative and problem solving with what we do have and uh, what has been given to us to solve our problems and move forward. Really great quote to think about. So I loved David's insights, loved his honesty as well uh, and being willing to share with us about occasionally trusting people too much and needing to handle that and work through that as a leader. Really great. I trust that there was something for you in this episode which has really helped you grow as a leader. In this season of the Far North Leadership Podcast, I'll release a new episode every month. All you need to do is subscribe on your favourite podcasting app and each new episode will appear when it's released. 
If you find this helpful or interesting, please pass it on to a friend or a colleague. And I'll be back next month with another fascinating interview.